Welcome to the Work Wonders Podcast, where we simplify HR for small business. I'm Angela. And I'm Susan. Let's dive into today's episode and see what you've been wondering about. Today it's interview time and we're delighted to introduce to you our guest, Gina Field, Managing Director at Nepean Regional Security, a manpower security provider in Western Sydney. She has a really interesting work history and some unique insights to share with us and we're so excited to talk with her today. So let's get started. This is the Work Wonders Podcast. Hi Gina. Good morning ladies, how are you? Good. So great to have you here. I know, I'm so excited. This is my first podcast, I'm just letting you know. Oh, Congratulations. Yeah, thank you so much. So Gina, you and I have known each other for a long time, but I really didn't know that much about your history and how you got into the industry, um, such a male-dominated industry. So do you want to tell us a bit about the business and how it came about? So I became a security officer when I was... 18, which was quite a number of moons ago. <laughs> and I was a security operative and I was working for a particular security company. And about seven days before Christmas, they decided to shut down their operations, right. placing a lot of people out of work. And I thought to myself, I'd been working for this company for five years. And I thought, what am I going to do? I have no idea what I'm going to do. So I went around and I saw all the clients and I said, goodbye. Thank you so much. I don't know what I'm going to do in the new year. And there was a particular client, her name is Helen Andrews from Rex Andrews Transport. And she said, Gina, why don't you start your own security company? I had absolutely no thought, no process, no business training at all. And so I registered my company name and I went around and then all of a sudden, all of these clients that I had given cards to started contacting me and saying, we want to come over to you and be, wow. be part of your, your business. And Lovely. I'm thinking, what do I do? How do I start? Paperwork, you know, it was, so I thought, well, I'll just do what I, I know best. And I did security and I just started servicing these clients. Yeah, started as a home-based business, just myself a clapped out Holden Chimera, <laughs> uh, a flea bitten security dog. You know, I, I didn't have I didn't have financial backing. I had no assets behind me at all. I was renting at the time, and so I just went out and I drove around and I secured their premises. Geez, that sounds like hard work. It was hard work. I, I remember that I was working night shifts. I was working seven nights a week. And during oh, the day goodness. I was going and contacting clients and, um, you know, ramping up business and trying to get, you know, build my business up. Mm -hmm. And so today I believe that you've won over 30 industry awards, if I've got that right, and um, only 50 female master licence holders in New South Wales, you've told us. So you're, as Susan said, running uh, in a very male-dominated industry. So that was 50 out of 50,000, was that right? Uh, no, there's so in the security industry to be a registered company, you have to be a master license holder. Oh, okay, so we've got to apply for that. And there's over five thousand master license holders in New South Wales. There's only fifty mm. female master license holders, and there's only about twenty that are operational. Twenty females in the entire of New South Wales. Right. How many people are in New South Wales? Over nine million. 
So you're in a, a very select few <laughs> of people. Very, very business, select yeah. few. Yeah. So what would you say are your personal strengths that have helped you become so successful in that industry over those 24 years? I think what it is is the fact that I did start in security. So I was working for other companies and I could sort of see their strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. and I saw their their downfalls and their good sides. So I knew what um, customers really wanted and I suppose the fact that I was a female operator so people really could uh, – a lot of clients could resonate with that because um, the interesting part about it is in business – if there there is partnerships, a lot of the times the females will actually make the decisions. So they sure. really resonated in working with a female company operator. And I, I think what was interesting too is when I did go and see some people, they would say to me, oh, you must only be the salesperson. You know, where's right. the managing director? Right. And I say, I am. So to try and prove myself as a credible security operative, being a female was very difficult. Yeah. I can imagine. So you started out as yourself on your own and today, you know, how have you gone over the time and grown your business and how many staff do you have today working with you? So I employ over 40 personnel within my business. Um, When you say that I actually started, I did start from the bedroom of my house and then, of course, the paperwork spread over to the kitchen bench, (laughs) cupboard, floors, dining room table. We were literally tripping over Nepean Regional Security everywhere. So then I moved to the garage of my house Mm -hmm. and I got uh, a couple employees to help me out so I could have one or two days off. And then um, I expanded from there and I moved to a small office in, in Penrith. Great. And, of course, the industry has changed a lot in that time. Mm. Lots stronger compliance regime, people mm. having to be accredited. And can you tell us a little bit about that and how that has been, you know, I, I assume that's been good, the industry? Uh, yes and no. So when I first started in security back in those days, um, it was a two-day training course. We didn't have to be firearms trained. So I remember turning up at a workplace and there was a row of firearms laying on an ironing board and uh, we all just sort of grabbed uh, the firearm and we put it into our holster. There was absolutely no training. There was no background checks on us, so we could have had a criminal history, Mm -hmm. uh, no fingerprinting. So these days uh, it is a 15-day course, uh, full-time. We have to have big difference, massive, massive difference. It's very good for the consumer. I suppose for me, for people to be doing a 15-day full-time course and then the processing time, which can be anything up to eight weeks, um, is very difficult for me to find personnel now. I was just thinking that. So you really, I mean, your ideal is someone who's already trained and experienced when you're looking. Mm. Yeah, Mm. yeah. Is there such a thing as an apprenticeship or a trainee sort of in those roles? No, you have to no, be experienced. No. We, we actually can't have trainees. Okay. They've got to be fully trained and licensed, which is, I suppose, another weakness, I would say, within our, our industry. And I can appreciate that the New South Wales Police are trying to provide personnel that are scrutinised and processed and compliance checked but it is making employment opportunities very difficult for me. And uh, security is a very well sought of, you know, that w- people want security for mm. pretty much all everything. Mm. And um, also during the pandemic, we lost nearly 4,000 security officers that went to other job opportunities. Yeah. So um, we're, we're really struggling. 
So was that because the work wasn't there or because they changed their mind about what they wanted to be doing with their lives? I suppose it depends, you know. It was a bit of a mixture. But um, was there less security work needed? No. No, no. In actual fact, we ramped right up. We, we didn't right. have any lockdown at all. I mean, I was pretty jealous, actually, of the people that were <laughs> sort of, right. posting, you know, I'm really bored and I'm picking fluff out of my navel. I'm thinking, geez, I wish I could. So we, we really ramped up because, remember, we had vax checking, we had yeah. QR coding. Of course. So every swimming pool, library, yeah. state, local government facility had yeah. security on it. So in yeah. actual fact, I was employing, frantically employing people. So we were authorised workers all the way through mm. the, the lockdown. Oh. So yeah. I'm not really sure what a break is yet. <laughs> Just My saying. goodness. You it's, mentioned when we were talking earlier about not having Christmases off or New no, Year. Yeah. No, so that's our busy time. And, you know, when people are celebrating, um, my guys and girls are, are working on Christmas Day, Boxing Day, so they're away from their families, mm. New Year's Eve, New Year's Day. So I suppose it's not for the faint-hearted, our industry, and, of course, me being the boss and the leader and the manager, I've got to be there with them. Mm. And it's it's a very difficult time to try and manage staff over that period, you know, particularly trying to motivate them. And, you know, a lot of these guys will work on their own on Christmas and Boxing Day and they're sitting yeah. on a site on their own. So yeah. I've got to be the motivator and... Yeah, it's, it's difficult. So you put on your Santa Claus suit and go and visit them? I all? do, yeah, yeah. And I try and jump down the chimneys. And, <laughs> you know, it, but, you know, on, on a serious note, I mean, I, I do feel for these guys and they, they have chosen an industry where we are required weekends and mm. public holidays and Easter, mm. you know, when other people are gathering and it must be very difficult for them. Mm. I assume they get paid a premium for working those days. Well, you know, th- yeah, they do. They but do, it doesn't but really it, it just doesn't compensate. No. So, you know, when people are getting into the security industry, I do sort of tell them what the, what they're in for, and mm. I suppose looking at that, um, attempting where I am, I'm I'm really trying to attract women to our industry because it, it is a, a fantastic career. But um, women don't really want to work Christmas days. No. And what I found anyway. Yeah. You know, because they've, they've got children and they want to be with their families. Mm. So, again, it's, it's a really difficult industry to work in and have a business in. It really is. And on the flip side of that, Jenny, you said there's some really great things about that career. Tell us yes. about that. Well, it's, it's all I've ever done, actually. So, I... I suppose the the fantastic part of security is it never gets boring because we have so many opportunities every every day. So, you know, we do a lot of um, events. uh, We do movie sets as well. We do TV commercials. So there's a lot of opportunity to have a lot of fun. You know, just on Saturday we did the Spring Festival and the guys had a great time and Mm – We've um, done movie sets and I, and I remember saying to you ladies that, um, you know, I've always run with a thing like Richard Branson, yeah. you know, say yes and then wing it later. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I remember a lady rang me uh, and said, have you ever done movies? And I said, yes, of course. Of course I've supplied security <laughs> for movies. What are you saying? And they're saying, well, we've got a movie for you up the mountains and it's with Olivia Newton-John. Oh. 
Uh, and it was just an amazing opportunity and, and we did so well with that uh, that we moved on to another movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, was that The Great Gatsby by any chance? It was, yeah. Because it was in the mountains. It yeah. was actually, Mel it was, Wilson, yes, it? Yeah. that's, yeah, it was, that's right, it was. And we were, it was only supposed to be three weeks and because of the rain, it was pouring with rain. Mm-hmm. So it went three months, this oh, wow. So we were up in the mountains for three months. Now, come on, ladies. You can't tell me you don't want to work in the industry after knowing that. No, that's I know, right. I'm I a tad jealous. I know. <laughs> and then um, then we were very lucky to work on the set of Wolverine, which was actually filmed, uh, the part that we did was in Parramatta. Ah, they, oh, just down the road, maybe. Just down the yeah. road. They closed the whole street off. And um, it's interesting, some of the jobs that we get to do because, you know, we've got to look after the cele- celebrities' uh, garbage bins to make sure that people don't dive in and take a half-eaten ap- apple by Leonardo and oh dear, and not that much course, of a fan. No, I know, but uh, I will say that we had the opportunity to look after Hugh Jackman's shower block. Mm-hmm. There's a yeah. job for you. Yeah. Now, if that doesn't get you to get your security license, I don't know what <laughs> what won't. If you're enjoying today's content and you know of someone else who might benefit from it as well, why not tell them about our podcast? Simply mention the name Work Wonders Podcast and let them know. So uh, how many women do you employ at the moment? I've got six ladies mm-hmm. uh, working for me at the moment, uh, full-time and casually. I have my full-time personnel and then we have what we call casual event staff because sure. I do um, dance festivals and FOMO yeah. and yeah. those sort of things. So we... We, we get a lot more women. And, uh, you know, the, the ladies love doing um, the events as well. Sure. It's, it's a really good atmosphere. Yeah. I think it also, I mean, from an audience member perspective, um, it's nice to have women's security around at places like that as oh, well, don't you think? Yes. Well, Especially it, for young yeah. women, you know, to feel that there's someone they can approach and... Well, it's interesting because um, clients uh, do ask for female security mm. operatives for that reason because we, we also have an empathetic approach mm. to things and particularly conflict resolution. We, uh, I found that women are very good with that. We, we mm. diffuse situations yeah. very, very quickly. So, I mean, there is certainly a role, a very significant role that women do play in the security industry. Mm. And what about the challenges? What would you say is one of the biggest challenges in being an employer in this industry? Uh, attracting personnel given now, particularly post-pandemic, where people have got a different mindset now, where, um, you know, they want a hybrid work and work mm. from home and... More flexibility. More and, flexibility. Yeah. Worth, so it is really quite difficult, um, you know, attracting people That's to That's really interesting because I hadn't really thought of security being impacted like that. You know, we tend to yeah. think of the more knowledge workers in offices and things like that who want to work from home. And mm. Oh, look, I, I, you know, ideally I would love to look after Western Sydney Airport from home. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't worked that one out yet. Maybe I could put sort of cameras up and just watch them up on my screen while I'm in my PJs or something, but, but <laughs> you we actually... You'd need a lot of cameras, wouldn't you? Yeah, so it is difficult for them as well because they are sort of seeing, um, you know, people working from home and, oh, yeah. you know, so again. But I think too is that people believe that employing people is almost like textbooks. 
You know, you read mm. the textbooks, you put them on, you go through HR, you make sure you stick, you know, right with the fair work rules. Mm. and But it's not like that mm. because you've got so many different personalities and wants yeah. and low maintenance and high maintenance exactly. and demanding and yeah. all of these things as a small business owner that you have to be for your people. Mm. How my leadership is, is that I believe keeping your finger on the pulse Mm -hmm. and I believe in leading by example. Yeah. So in other words, I will never get my people to do what I won't do. Yeah. I still work as a security officer. I still work at events. I still work at sites. I go out. I see my staff. Because remember, these guys don't come to an office. They go straight from home to Mm. work, working on their own, and then they go home. So maintaining the relationships is a lot harder for me. It would Mm. be. Sounds it. My challenge is to try and keep them motivated yeah. while they're working on their own. You obviously put in an effort to do that, which is important. But what I liked about what you said as well was recognising that everyone's different. They've all got different needs, different things yeah. that are going to motivate them. Mm. And that's such a challenge as a boss oh, to, yeah. first of all, accept that <laughs> and go, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. that what worked over for this guy isn't going to work for this person yeah. over here. So. Yeah, what do I need to do differently? Yeah, I think particularly with rostering, when I'm when I'm mm-hmm. rostering, you know, I, I don't just sort of throw names and go, oh, yeah, I'll just put, you know, Jimmy Bloggs there and Sue there. I've got to think, okay, well, Jim's worked, you know, five days in a row. He doesn't cope with too, too many hours. And, mm-hmm. you know, this person doesn't like doing that. So there's a lot of psychology that yeah. goes behind rostering and keeping people happy because to maintain longevity in your employees and have them continue to be loyal and represent your business, uh, you've got to keep them very motivated and you've got to keep them happy. And that, that's a task and a, you know, a cap on its own. Yeah. So what goes before all that is that you need to get to know them. Mm-hmm. You know, and understand yeah. what it is that motivates them, what they want and don't want, their likes and dislikes. Yeah. So yeah. how do you go through that process? Is it as you're recruiting or you spend more time with them when they first start? How do you make sure that you, you're on the same wavelength with them? So I've mm. got a little thing. I've got a um, thing that I call message media and I send a text message and it's called the fluffy report. So every day I'm head fluffy and they're they're my fluffies. So I send them every Monday, I I, I go through and I put all their phone numbers in this message media and I send them a fluffy update from head fluffy. (laughs) And I send them virtual hugs and I schedule. So... And I also have a, uh, a newsletter that's quite funny and I put all their photos in. Because remember these guys, like, for example, if someone says working at Western Sydney Airport and I've got another person that's working at another site, they've never met each other. Yeah, exactly. Mm. So they could be working for the same company for mm. three, four years and mm. never seen each other. So mm. I put their photos in a newsletter so they can, you know, with a, a, you know, a funny line, like there's a particular guy that his photos always look like he's a supermodel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> really? back. So we call him the supermodel model of NRS. <laughs> so it is really, really quite challenging and it, it, it is a lot of work for me yeah. mm. to try and keep this on top of everything else. Like, mm. you know, small business owners will, will be hearing me when I'm saying this. There's a lot of caps that we're wearing. Oh, oh yes. Well, it sounds like you are on top of it. You're not wrong. I'm sure there are a lot of people that can relate to what you're saying. I guess what's one of the biggest things that you've learned over your time in the business? 
I think what I have found with small business is they tend to say that they're either not capable enough, not big enough or not ready. And one of the things that I did in 2007, I had three people working for me and I saw that a large government contract had come out in tender and first thing that I thought to myself is, no, I'm not big enough, I don't mm. have enough people, I'm not ready. And I thought, you know what, like bugger it, I'll just, I'll just apply for it. You know, I'll just wing it and I'll just get experience writing a tender. And then I got a letter saying that I'd been shortlisted. I thought, mm, okay, this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, you know, shit's getting real now type thing. <laughs> and then they called me in for an interview and they said to me, oh, you know, how do you think you'll go covering this contract? And I, I said, no problems. No problems at With all. With three employers. That's it, three employers, yeah, that's right. Well, I sort of wrote the tender to make myself look a little bit more. Yes, <laughs> yeah, of course. Yes. Embellished a little. Embellished, yeah. The, I love that word. <laughs> is, is there copyright on that? I'll use that. It's all yours. Um, yeah, so I went and they said to me, have you ever done events? I said, yeah, 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 yeah. I hadn't. I'd never done an event. So, And then I uh, was awarded the contract and I obtained three former Olympic state government sites. Oh. To start on New Year's Eve. Oh. Uh. So they literally gave me four weeks to get things together. and But I did it. I just yeah. went in this survival mode and I did it and I Im- recruited staff and got all the equipment and it, it, was, it was a maniac time. And uh, I suppose what I need to say to people is never say never because mm. what's the worst that's going to happen? What, you just get a no? Yeah. And I, I say to people, you know, do your research. You can get opportunities out of local newspapers or, or you know, for example, I'll see in a local newspaper that a uh, premises has burnt down. So I contact them and I say, I'm sorry that your premises is burnt down, but do you need security services? And they go, yeah, we, wow. we, we didn't even know where to look. Mm. So try and get the opportunities. So Western Sydney Airport, how did you get that contract? Because that would be a pretty attractive one. Um, well, that was pretty complicated, actually. I just rang them up and said, do you need a security service? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, yeah? Yeah. Like, it's it's not, wow. it's not, you know, people tend to overcomplicate things and say, I can't or I can't get these clients. Just what's the worst that could happen? Yeah, as you like, said, they can say no. Well, we've already got somebody. That we've already got someone. Okay. Well, or you have to submit a tender. Or that, that's right. So mm. I, I've now got the head office for Western Sydney Airport, and I've also got the Experience Centre at Ludnam. That's how. And I who got knows it. where that might all lead? Well, twenty twenty six. Apparently, the first plane is going to fly out of there. And okay. I think it'll be a domestic flight. Uh, sorry, a uh, courier flight, but it's going to be a plane. <laughs> and it's, it, it's just been such a, um, I suppose, a, a pinch me moment. But, you know, these these opportunities are, are there. you just got to have confidence in yourself and believe and you are not that small. Yeah. Right? Because just remember that Woolies and Coles and Qantas all started as a small business. Mm. That's really inspiring. It is, yeah. Just go out and chase it. Yeah, there's nothing stopping you. Never say never. I've always said that. Never say never. What's the worst? They just tell me, no, we've got someone else. It's that simple. Yeah. So I'm thinking too, like if I'm someone who's buying security and someone like Gina approaches me, I'm going to think, well, she's got to get up and go. Mm. You know, she's proactive. That's right. That's why I would, you know, it obviously works in your favour. Well, it does. The fact that I do do my research and 
you know, there's there's a lot of hours in small business. Like this is not textbook stuff. It, it, it really isn't. And I do come across numerous people that do say to me, oh, you know, but this is where what I've got to be and I've got to do this in one year and two years and mm. five years. I've got to how's have my goals. How's your strategic plan going to? How's, how's that going for you? You know, or I've got to work on the business, not in the business. Well, I, I can tell you now, I still work in my business seven days a week. I know every cent that goes in and out of my business, I sign off on everything. It's it's worked for me. And, you know, you've got to make a lot of sacrifices. If you think that you are going to get into small business and that you are not going to work hard for the first years, you are yeah, solely uh, misguided because you have to work hard. You have to put in the hours and make, unfortunately, numerous sacrifices. Mm. And Gina, if you would uh, give our listeners just one top tip about being an employer to take away today, what would it be? I'm a manpower business, so I really can't get away from employing people. But I would say, particularly with staff shortages now, I would say um, try and automate systems as much as you possibly can. Um, I am all about sort of employing people, but I suppose with the shortages and the amount of sort of stress that it is putting on business, try and automate your, your systems. Gina, did you have an offer for our listeners? Well, not not really a like ten percent off offer. <laughs> what you know? It, besides man's power, we also do CCTV cameras okay. on uh, residential and business. We do back to base alarm monitoring when they A plus uh, graded control room, which is the highest rating in Australia. Of course, I would only have that. <laughs> um, and we also do mobile patrols uh, on. You know, think about Christmas coming up very soon and mm. looking after your house possibly, particularly with the amount of break and enters that are happening. So um, if anyone needs to contact me, just do www.nepeanregionalsecurity.com.au. Fantastic. We've really enjoyed talking with you. Thanks, Gina. No I've certainly learned a lot. Oh, thank you. Okay. It's been so nice. Thank you so much. We hope you got some helpful takeaways from today's interview with Gina Field from Nepean Regional Security, where she talked to us about her journey of becoming an employer and a small business owner, where things can be challenging and where things can be great in her industry. We hope there's something that stood out for you. Why don't you let us know? Jump over on our LinkedIn page and comment on today's post. You can find the complete show notes for today's episode on our website, workwonderspodcast.com.au where we'll also put Gina's contact details if you want to get in touch with her to talk more. Thank you for listening to the Work Wonders podcast. Hit subscribe now so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed today's, why not tell your friend and maybe even leave us a review? So what have you been wondering about? You can pop onto our website, workwonderspodcast.com.au and let us know. We'll talk to you again soon.